I'ma go hard till I can't no more. That's my word, you can hold it to me. Nowadays, they don't even hate no more. About time, look how long it took me. A couple years, a couple tracks. Our body flows, now they notice that. At my shows, like front to back. But half of them ain't even know he rap. Man, I got their head spinning like a cul-de-sac. Yeah, if you don't know me, you should get the know. They be like a lean man, you up next. I'ma put a song when I'm in the door. Feeling like Jimmy Iveen. You in the scope and I'm taking your dream. Protect your neck, don't know what you expect, man. I come for respect just for me and my team till we own. Till we own. Yeah. Me. Hey, everybody. How you doing? This is Joe Reese Jr. Welcome to another episode of The Social Society, where I bring you inspiring success stories, digital marketing tips, and special guests. Today's guest is somebody who I adore very much. Rachel Peterson, founder of Social Media United. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> I was like, what else? What else is he going to say? That's so cool. You know, it's awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Rachel um, is, she's kind of my mentor, so to speak, from, from afar, even though we're both in Minnesota and I didn't know that until like last year and I, yeah. I've been in SMU for a couple of years now. So um, those of you that don't know, SMU is like the palace of, of learning resources for social media managers. So I'll put a link up for that if you want to check that out. Um, if you're watching live, thank you so much. But if you're catching this on the podcast, uh, might sound a little different to you, not being live. But thank you for checking that out as well. Um, Rachel has been featured in magazines, TV shows. Uh, she has a very, very inspiring story. Somebody who started off as uh, much like so many other people out there, single mother on food stamps, struggling to survive in, in this crazy world that we live in. Rachel, why don't you tell us a little bit about how this transformation came about and how did you get out of that uh, stuck mindset yeah, poverty. to move into that yeah. striving mindset? Yeah. Absolutely. So it's kind of interesting because this whole process of going from being a single mom on welfare, on food stamps, one year we had the heat go out and you live in Minnesota, so you know how cold it is in our winters. We didn't have heat at Christmas and it was freezing. That was just six years ago. And today, obviously, everything looks totally different. We've done over a million dollars in revenue in our business. Actually, it's going to, well, that's going to lapse itself several times, which is pretty crazy and exciting. But the interesting thing is, even though people are like, how did you do that in six years? Like six years is so short. The reality is it feels like it was so many lifetimes, if that makes sense. Like I literally feel like I've lived so many lifetimes because there have been so many times along this journey where I've basically kind of almost like turned the chapter. And in fact, I've always been a journal, a journaler. So I journal, I always take notes on things. I like to write down my experiences. And one of the things I like to do is I like to say on to the next chapter. And then I stop writing that book and I get a new journal and start writing in the new journal. So those things, the chapters 
are kind of like new books in a way. Like this is Rachel, you know, in the first volume, this is Rachel in the second volume, this is Rachel in the third. And there's something that's very beautiful to me about that. The idea that at any point you can say on um, the next chapter, but the next chapter is actually a whole nother book because you might have a, a new cast, a new crew around you. You might have totally different scenario, new set of problems, a new antagonist, you know, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, but ultimately what happened was I first went into hairstyling. So I took out like a lot of people do student loans, went to hair school at Aveda in Minneapolis, uh, went to school for, for hair, became one of the top stylists in my class, ended up getting job offers from all of the top salons that I wanted in Minnesota, which was awesome. Felt amazing. And I guess like the biggest thing I did was I just kept putting one foot in front of the next, you know, I just kept moving forward. Um, fast forward though, a few years, I was working as a hairstylist. I was successful as a hairstylist, but I wasn't making as much money as I would have liked. And there was still a part of me that felt like I was always working for someone else because I was, you know, and so I wanted desperately something that was my own. One day a client sat in my chair and she said, do you know how to do social media? Like, do you know how to use the Twitter thing? And I was like, you need my help. <laughs> I can help you out. So I'll tell you what Twitter is. I'll show you how to use it. I'll set it up. And that was the start of me realizing I could actually do social media slash marketing as a living without having a degree. Um, I secured a bunch of clients, left my nine to five, retired my husband. And here we are today with two successful businesses. Yeah, I can tell you, I, I have a degree in what's called internet marketing. And I've learned 10 times more in SMU than I a waste of money in, in other words <laughs> <laughs> there's some degrees that i think are very valuable for example doctors i'm glad they go to school i'm very very glad they go to school and don't just watch a youtube video and wing it yeah. but reality is like with internet marketing things change so fast that there's no way you can start a degree and by the time you're done with your degree have anything that's applicable to the new and changing you know savory of online marketing yeah, definitely. I think that's with with so much that's out there and available to you information wise on the internet today. I think um, there's a lot of jobs that I mean, you can learn a lot of different things online and be successful with. You know, I think that's the cool thing about SMU is there. Obviously, we have a mentor like you, but there's also people who are in different stages of their social media careers who can kind of the newbie can lean on kind of the veteran and kind of share stories and learn with each other at the at, at the same pace as well so it's very cool i think um even if you're not a social media manager it's very very helpful to be part of smu i think so <laughs> thank you i love it obviously one of the things that I love about you more than anything is your, your transparency and just the fact that you're so genuine, Thank you know, you. and I think that's the reason you're so successful. Um, there's a lot of marketers out there who uh, their egos shine through and i think that turns a lot of people off and 
I think that will make them be, they'll be successful, obviously, but I think they'll be more short term in, in, yeah. in, you know, as when, as this game continues to evolve, because I mean, if you, you know, if you rub the wrong people the wrong way, it's uh, advancements is, is difficult. <laughs> so I think yeah. you're just being yourself. And I think that's one of the keys. One of actually you stress that is being authentic in, yeah. in, in social media, right? You know, it's really funny too, because a part of the journey for me, there was a moment where ego and pride did creep in for sure. Like I would be lying if I said it didn't happen. And I just remember it so clearly. It was October of last year and I was flying high. We had just had um, like an awesome month, so many great things that had happened. And I was just like, wow, I am so great. And oh my gosh, like, wait, what? You know, and I went to this dinner with Gary Vaynerchuk in New York. Um, he held a private dinner and I just remember going in there and flying high and being like, I got this figured out. I'm so cool. Like I even got my nails done and they look all cool. Like it was just this really weird thing that, that it's so easy for it to sneak up. It's actually kind of scary. So if you're watching this and you've ever had those moments or those thoughts, or you're like, I never want to let ego creep in. It happens so quickly and it's so easy to not recognize it. And the great thing is, you know, (laughs) Gary just like, you know, slap some reality into me very quickly at that dinner. But it was at a very uh, key time in my business because thankfully that ego hadn't started to leak out into things. You know what I mean? Like it hadn't gotten into my blog or into my emails or into the way that I carried myself, but it was just starting to creep in and he saw it and he smashed it. And that was where it was like, Oh, I need to be really careful because it's not something you just wake up one day and you're like, I'm going to have an ego. It just, it slowly happens. And thankfully now I recognize the signs of it's coming on and it's something you have to be intentional about breaking down. Yeah. Yeah. I think success is difficult, um, especially when you, I mean, I've, I've, you know, grew up in a middle low income family in a, a community where it's uh, predominantly Latino and, you know, it's, a lot of people struggle. And when you have a taste of success, sometimes it's difficult for you to balance the old you and the new you. And I think that's where the, the clouded mindedness comes in yeah uh, but i mean it, yeah you, you never would have known that uh <laughs> <Thank about you. laughs> yes yeah no i think with that's one of the things that i like about gary too is that yeah you can have he talks about having success but you're only you, like you're only as good as now you know, so yeah. that as success, while it's valuable in your learning process, like that means nothing to what you have to accomplish right this moment. So I think um, what you're doing every day with SMU alone is like a new success every every day because you're helping so many different people evolve in their lives and their in their careers and really and you talk about this as well, finding balance and finding peace in this journey of of entrepreneurship. 
I think that's totally true. Um, Because a lot of people talk about entrepreneurship or they talk about the skills and the strategies and the tactics. There's a lot more to it. You know, there's, it can feel really lonely. And one of the things that I've become very aware of is like how, how much depression can run in entrepreneur circles and people don't really talk about it. But I think one of the most dangerous things is when you're doing entrepreneurship alone because we're already working sometimes at home. Obviously I have an office with a team, which is great, but a lot of times I'm working at home and it's like, suddenly you can find yourself going from a nine to five where you're surrounded with people and there's abilities to converse and connect and have community to being by yourself. And what that transition for me was kind of tough. So one of the things I wanted to create was a place where no one had to become a social media manager by themselves. Now there's someone who's been there before you. There's someone that can talk you through what comes next or even just a place to vent and not feel crazy. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely uh, available there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's talk about that transition a little bit from being a solopreneur, if you will, to having this kind of just, I mean, you're, you've, you've evolved into the queen of social media where you've got people surrounding you in an agency. What is that? What was that like? (laughs) Ooh, um, a big transition. It was not a very natural transition. I'm just going to be totally honest because all of a sudden it went from me being able to like every day wear sweatpants and just work with my sister in our living room watching Netflix to, whoa, now we have two businesses, two teams of people um, on the SMU side, what most people don't know is we have seven people that work behind the scenes, seven people. And that doesn't even include like our funnel builder or our copywriters or anything. That's like our people who are on the team. And so it was not a natural transition for me only because I am not very good at managing people. And I didn't realize that I thought just because I was good at having a vision and an idea, I'd be good at leading people to get a common thing accomplished, a common goal accomplished. That was not the case. So, uh, while I was pregnant, I realized I can't do this. Like I can't manage a team and lead with the vision. And I was really struggling with finding that balance. And so my husband was actually the one who he was like, this is kind of not working, Rachel. Like you're not doing it well. Uh, I'm going to help you. So he stepped in and just started um, setting up like team meetings and accountability and SOPs. But one of the things that he did that was remarkable was he listened to every single person on the team to discover what their strengths, their goals, their visions, their dreams were, and then tried to figure out, okay, where can we plug each person in to make sure that they're thriving in the role that they're in? And so what he did is he transformed the business and made it so when I show up on Monday and Friday at meetings, I get to bring the life and the vision and the management and accountability and systems are in place and it's ready to thrive. So it was a big transition. And one of the hardest parts I think of it all was being able to say, I'm not good at a lot of stuff. (laughs) Like there are a lot of people who are a lot better than me at a lot of stuff. So it was a very humbling experience, but I really like it. Yeah. It's kind of like, like Akbar said the other day, 
do what you do best and outsource the rest. So if you got a company like that, you can surround yourself with the people that don't do things better, certain elements better than you do. Absolutely. Without a doubt. That had to have been difficult though, from going, going from doing everything yourself to being able to trust and rely on the other people, <laughs> you know? Oh man. And you know, what was honestly part of the thing that was the most difficult about it was that when you don't have the right people on your team, trust gets broken. So when you, as a, as a CEO, as a leader, bring a project to your team and balls are dropped. It is so scary because you're like, I was trusting you. I needed to know you were going to do your best to catch it. Or if you weren't going to catch it, you were going to call and let me know, you know, like, and so there was some transition that had to happen and it was worth going through because now we have this like rock star team where no matter what ball is thrown, there's communication on all fronts. And we know like it's safe for me to offboard my tasks and my visions and my dreams to them because they're going to bring it to life. Right. And if you can't, they're going to communicate. So that's been amazing. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you ever just wake up and like pinch yourself and say, is this, is this real? <laughs> uh, every day. <laughs> that would be a comfortable answer. Um, yes. Almost every single day, like especially yesterday, because we took our time getting ready in the mornings. I'm not a morning person. I am like kind of not awake until like two most days. I mean, I wake up, but I'm not yet a morning person. I'm working on it. It's really hard. Uh, but we took our time with the kids and we, we hung out in the morning. We did like breakfast, spent some time hanging out. We did some like Play-Doh with the kids and we didn't say goodbye to them until like 1130 when they went to the nanny's house, which is my mother-in-law. And there was just, when they left, I was like, wow, that is pinch worthy. You know, like that is amazing. We just got to spend several hours with our kids pouring into them and letting them know, like you're a priority. There's nothing in our business that is more important than you in this moment. And that was just really powerful. So every day, but yesterday, especially it was like, wow, this is so cool. This, this is our life. Like I'll take it, right. you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I think, um, I, I remember maybe a few months back, maybe even half a year ago, you started to talk a little bit more about finding that balance between your, your work lifestyle and your family. Yeah. And we, we kind of noticed that transition of you, like, you know, showcasing what you just talked about, like, mm -hmm. you know, nothing is more important than that foundation of your yep. family. And I think a lot of people forget that they lose sight of that. I think it's really scary when you spend so much time building something to recognize that you can pull away from it. Once you have systems and teams in place, like you can go back to what you built it for. And my journey was really tough. I'll be honest. It's not for everyone. I worked 80 to hundred hours a week for two years, insane, intense, lots of sacrifice. Um, sometimes people ask me like, was it worth it? Well, it is now, now that I've chosen something else. But there are times where I'm like, wow, that, there was a lot of sacrifice there. 
you know, on my family's part, on my husband's part, on my friend's part, there was a ton of sacrifice that went into that. And if I had to do it all again, would I do it the same way? Yes. Only because I like where we're at today, but it was really tough to mentally be able to step away from the business and hope and, and, and cross my fingers and pray that it wasn't going to fall apart the second I started prioritizing family as well. But that transition was so needed. And I, it, it was this big reminder of this is what you're building it for. Like you're building businesses so that you can be present with your family. You're building businesses so that you can be an awesome friend and have time to volunteer and all of that. So it was a weird transition. I'm going to be honest. That was, I mean, that came around the same time as like transitioning into an agency and hiring more people. So I think it was just like a season of transition altogether, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what advice do you have for small businesses when it comes to social media? When it comes to social media, my best advice for small businesses is to figure out where your people are and focus on that platform. So it's different for every single, honestly, every single market, every single industry. Like, for example, we know that in Minnesota, our markets are generally speaking on Facebook and Instagram, right? Like almost all of them. Whereas in a place that's a little more rural, they might focus on Google, you know, Google plus where they rely on Google reviews. But in Minnesota, we know people are very, we're, we're in between like New York and Iowa in terms of progressiveness, you know, like we're kind of like New York, but we're also kind of smaller, you know? So I like to think that we, we look at our market and we say, where's our market? That's my big thing. In Minnesota, I know what it looks like, but know where your market is and go where your market is. Don't do something just because Gary or myself or Joe say it's the best thing. You know, do it because that's where your people are. Right. Yeah, definitely. Advice for entrepreneurs who are looking to get started online, but don't know how to monetize it because they feel like they don't have anything to sell. Ooh, okay. I could talk all day about this. So if you don't know how to monetize online, you're basically building up either a personal brand, well, a personal brand or a personal brand. If you do not know how to monetize though, you might not have a viable business. So I know that sounds kind of funny, but a lot of people right now build up their personal brands and then don't know how to transition into monetization. And part of me wonders like what drove them to become an entrepreneur? Are they in love with the idea of being an entrepreneur, the idea of the flash and the glamour and the cool videos and all of that. And while there's nothing wrong with any of those things, ultimately a business's success comes down to its ability to monetize. And if you look at, you know, some of my highlights or Gary Vaynerchuk's highlights, and that's what you love about business, this might not be right for you because this is hard. Business is really, really hard work. The cool videos, the magazine covers, the speaking on stages, that's the 5%. And everyone seems to think like, that's what a business is. That's what entrepreneurship is. Nope. The business is 
accounting, sales, marketing, invoicing, systems, product creation, uh, monetization. That's what a business is. It's not that 5%, the sexy part that we all want, but all of those things lead to the 5%. So I, I'm never going to say it's wrong to build a personal brand, but I would challenge you if you can't figure out monetization, what is calling you to be an entrepreneur? Is it the flash, the glam, the fame? What, what is it that is drawing you in towards the idea of being an entrepreneur? And are you in love with the idea of being an entrepreneur or the actual entrepreneurship process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a scary thing. It can be overwhelming at times. And if you don't have the stomach for it, <laughs> it can, it can uh, really, really drive you insane. And oh, yes. I think a lot, a lot of people stop too soon because they are, uh, they, they get scared away by the process. And it's, it's not, like you said, it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. but also like it's, it's been said, it, there's nothing wrong with being a number two or a number three or a number, uh, whatever number you are in a company, you know, it's, it's wow. what you're best at, do what you're best at and be happy more than anything. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, I've got a couple questions here for you from some of the SMUers. Let's dive on it. See here. Let's see. Carlos says, if you had the ability to change one thing in the beginning of your journey, what would that be and why? You know, I would change the fear that I had. I had a very irrational fear. Um, I always thought, this is so silly when I look back. I had this thought that like, if I lost one client, it meant I could lose all my clients, which meant we were just a step away from bankruptcy, which meant we might die because we didn't have money for food. So dramatic, right? Like it's one client, it's one deal. And for some reason I couldn't rationally, and I think a lot of us have this, I couldn't rationally think if you start to lose clients and you're not able to make your bills, go get a job and you'll be okay. You're not going to go bankrupt. You're not going to lose your house. You're not going to starve. But for some reason in my head, it was like, it's this or else we, we die basically, <laughs> which is good and bad, but I would probably remove that fear and just be like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, go do it, go try it. Don't be scared. You know, that's what I would probably change. Yeah. Lynn, one thing you did really are glad that you did. One thing I did early on that I was glad that I did bootstrapping without a doubt, bootstrapping was a powerful part of the process. Um, and by bootstrapping in the beginning, I was able to make sure that my family got compensated for the business. A lot of people invest a lot of money into tools and softwares and courses and coaching and all of these things too early. And they're not determined to find the ROI and make it happen. So I'm a big believer in paying yourself. I'm a big believer in making sure that your business does serve you because you serve your business every day. And so I am really glad I bootstrapped, um, did a lot of things that were a lot harder than they needed to be in order to make sure my family was taken care of. And now that I know how hard those things are when you bootstrap, I'm so thankful for every hire and every software and everything that makes my life easier. But I first went through that process that was really tough. Yeah. 
think you kind of touched on it, uh, investing in yourself and investing in people, right? I mean, yeah. you can't, can't stress that enough. Molly says, on a scale of one to 10, how weird are you? Oh my gosh, like a 10. <laughs> so this is like the side of me I wish everyone could see all the time. I'm really goofy. And I was talking to the people in my office about it. So two of our hires in my office are my sister. She's our social media strategist who is phenomenal. And then my personal assistant is actually my sister's and like our family's best friend growing up. So it's kind of like, I'm just hanging out with family. And then obviously we have other people too, but I was talking to them the other day and I was like, do you think people know how weird I am? It's really funny that Molly asked that. I was like, do you think people really know how weird and goofy and crazy I am? And, and they were like, I think some people think it's a show or you're just doing it for a live. But the reality is like, I am so weird and so goofy and like, I, it's all the time. I love being funny and ridiculous and absurd. Like here, I'll just give you an example. Only people who went to SMU live last year know this. I have a secret talent in that my feet are really, really, really talented. Like I can peel a banana with my feet and eat it. Um, I can hang up clothes with my feet so I can like sit on the floor, put my hands behind my back and I can have a pile of clothes and a pile of hangers and I can hang clothes up just using my feet. So like, this is the kind of stuff I love and I think it's so fun. So yeah, <laughs> at least a 10, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the kids must have a blast with that then. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. They know mom is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, SMU live. Um, Let's touch on that a little bit, huh? It's going to be fun. here in Minnesota. It's coming up. It's in Minnesota. It's going to be in Edina. We're super excited about this event. Um, so SMU Live is Social Media United Live. You do not have to part of, be a part of SMU in order to join, but it's going to be a two-day event in September. And we have a crazy rock star lineup. Um, like as I'm reading through it, I'm like, is this real? I mean, we've got... Dana Derricks, the goat farmer slash copywriting professor. We've got Marley Baird, who is a video branding expert for many people who have multi-million dollar businesses. We have Kat Howell, Amanda Bond. Um, we've got Stephanie Klenner, who built a YouTube channel to 100, sorry, 260,000 followers, subscribers in short order almost completely organically. So we have just wow. this rock star lineup, but that's only half. Like we've got financial experts for entrepreneurs. We've got relationship experts coming in. Like this is going to be seriously a life-changing two-day event. And that is September 22nd and 23rd. Awesome. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I hope you're able to make it. That would be. I, I should be able to be there. I, I think I'll be there. That would be so fun. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, one last question from Brenna. Yep. How do you keep posts funny and engaging yet professional? Ooh, you know, to be totally honest, I don't do them together very well. I try to separate them. So it's like a professional post. I try to keep it a little more professional, but I do add a little tongue in cheek. Whereas then I also cross the line and like tell stories about like misadventures with like blown out diapers and stuff. So I kind of don't do the two very well. And 
my big thing is like, if someone's going to work with me professionally, they need to know that I like to have fun. I like gifts. I like laughing. I like uh, bathroom jokes. Like all of those things are awesome to me. And I'm not going to be the person that you bring in. If you want someone who's stuffy and in a white collar, like that's not my style. And honestly, I've personally found that your, your vibe attracts the right people. So I kind of just do a little bit of both. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that does it for questions. <laughs> awesome. What's, um, what's next for, for Rachel Peterson? Ooh, right now I'm in the middle of a couple of awesome things, including writing my book, my very first book. I'm so, so excited for it to come out. It is called I'm the Boss. And, you know, we've all seen the t-shirts that say I'm the Boss. This one's going to be really fun because it's going to look just like that. And I've got some awesome stories. So many gold nuggets packed into this book. It's kicking my butt. It's a lot of work, but it is seriously an incredibly rewarding process. So that's like the big thing. Um, but there's always a lot of things going on and yeah, I, I think this next year is going to be even more fun. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Rachel, I do, I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day here to come speak with little old me and my audience here. Um, (laughs) Hopefully we'll we'll get in touch soon and do launch or something here in Minnesota. That'd be um, so other fun. than that, I will definitely I'll be at SMU live. Oh, make I, love it. Of it. <laughs> I love it. I'll keep your eyes up because there's gonna be an announcement today later today about it. So Oh, okay, cool. Very awesome. cool. Thank you again. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for checking this show out and Stay tuned next week. Have another um, SMU alum who's doing amazing things. Sam Hodgett will be here live, actually, in, in, in studio here at the office space. So, you know what's crazy? Tune into that one. Sam and I go back 10, uh, almost 11 years. Really? Yeah. We went to college okay. together freshman year. Wow, really? Okay. Yes. Cool. <laughs> I did not know that. He's a great guy. So, make sure you tune in next week because you guys will love Sam. He is so fun. Yeah, and I'll have to get some first-year college stories then, I guess, about Rachel Peterson. They're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. This has been a blast. Yeah, thank you, Rachel. Take care. Thank you, guys. Stay blessed.